to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Kelly Iannone. And along with her husband, John, they are the founders of Waypoint Commercial Investment Partners and have been real estate entrepreneurs since 2017. They have a portfolio of 579 units throughout Florida, Georgia, and Texas, valued at over $65 million. And for their private holdings, they handle all aspects of their business while managing full-time property managers and general contractors. So Kelly, welcome to the show. And how are you doing today? Thanks, Eileen. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you because there's going to be so much to unpack in today's episode. So how are you doing? And can you give us a little bit more of a background into who you are and how you got started with real estate? Yeah, absolutely. So like so many people, I grew up being told the traditional path through life. So I went to college, got a good paying job and thought that that was the job I was going to work until I was 50, 55. And then I would retire. And what I found when I got about seven, eight, nine years into my corporate career and climbing the corporate ladder, my husband and I really realized we weren't saving as much as we needed to be saving in order to retire at 55. And so we started diving into different aspects of how we could save more money so we could invest more, what the most efficient vehicles to for our investments were. And that really led us to real estate. And at that point in time, this was back in 2016, 17, we dabbled in a variety of different asset classes within real estate, single family, fix and flip, seriously looked at doing short-term rental. And we invested passively in a real estate syndication at that point in time. Fast forward a couple of years, we bought a six unit building, just the two of us, and then realized syndications were how we were going to be able to scale and have been doing multifamily or apartment syndications for the last 14 to 24 months. Awesome. And can you share with us where you are today on your journey? Oh, very exciting where I am today. So (laughs) I am about to leave my W-2 job. So I have one week left of working my W-2 job. And then I will be We're basically, if you're familiar with the Financial Independence Retire Early community, we are lean five, which means we are bringing enough passive income to cover our basic necessities. And so I will be stepping away from my corporate job into real estate full time uh, while my husband continues to work his corporate job for another year or two. Yeah. And I'm super passionate about sharing our story and then helping others on that same journey because I really, really believe that anybody can retire in 10 years if they put their mind to it. And real estate's a great avenue to do that. So that is super exciting. And congratulations on this next step in your journey. Thank you. It's a big one. (laughs) Yes, it is. So I have to ask you, since we're on this topic, after your last day as a corporate employee, what is going to be the first thing that you plan to do? My first day of not having a corporate job that following Monday, it's my mother's birthday, and we are going to go have a relaxing breakfast and just spend some time catching up because having been so focused on climbing the corporate ladder and then building this real estate business, 
there has not been as much time to spend with my loved ones as I'd like. So it just so happens that that first Monday after I leave is my mom's birthday. So we're going to have a nice relaxing breakfast together. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> so let's dive in a little bit into your journey first, because I'm sure everybody is curious to find out since 2017, so about five or so years, a little over five years, that you've been able to build enough passive income to cover your basic needs in a short amount of time. So walk us through after that first limited partner investment as a passive investor, what did you do afterwards to start the ball rolling to build up your passive income? So after that first investment, that was really our first introduction to syndications. We had no idea that it was even possible to buy a much larger property with partners. And so after that project, we ended up flipping a home with a couple other individuals that we had met in our local real estate market, thinking that that would be a great way to just get a quick return on capital to increase the amount of capital we had to invest in other deals. What we learned through that process is that I didn't have the stomach to be a fixer flipper. I don't have as much control over the market. Something goes too slow. You end up in a non-optimal period to sell the particular property. You find something in the property that requires more capital or renovate it that can blow, kind of blow your returns. And so we did one flip and that was it for us. And after we did that flip, it was supposed to be a $50,000 renovation. We ended up putting 100000 into this project. Once we sold that property and we lost $1,500, but it was a great education. My husband and I decided that we need to go bigger where we had more units under one roof. And so that's where we bought the six unit, which is really a great passive income asset for us. It was a gut renovation. We asset managed it. And then once it was stabilized, we've turned it over to property managers. So that's really now on that passive investing side where we just get the checks every month and periodically we'll get a call about maintenance from the property manager and just giving direction of yes fix that or not but at the end of the day we want to make sure our residents are taken care of so after the fix and flip basically you lost about $1500 so let's call it almost a break even at that point and then so when you bought your six units, was that all on you and just your husband? Or did you also bring another investors or another partner into that as well? That project was entirely my husband and I. Okay. And this was my husband was furloughed for 14 months during COVID. So we were fortunate that we had an opportunity that we could pull 100,000 out of our 401ks and re and do whatever we wanted with it. But we chose to reallocate it into another asset class. So that was part of that seed money. But even prior to that, when we had that revelation back in 2016 and 17 about not saving enough for retirement, we made a commitment at that point in time to live on one income. Mm -hmm. So we had already gone through the process where we were living on one income and we were saving 50 plus percent of our income that we then used to invest in real estate. Got it. So when you were looking at your financials and your situation, what are some of the things that helped you plan what your life would look like down in the road so that you can outline a actionable plan to work your way to be able to get to where you are today in passive income and producing enough income to cover your needs? I think the most important thing is to realize what you actually need in order to live on. We talk a lot about replacing your income, replacing your income. The reality is you don't need to replace your income. You need to cover your expenses. And provided that you're living well below your means, it is much more achievable to build passive income streams to cover your expenses 
than to replace your income. So that was a key thing for us is to really understand and do a budget of how much we spend on everything. When we moved houses at one point and we made sure that we were well below what the bank said we could afford, and that allowed us to continue to have funds to invest in real estate. So knowing exactly what you need to live on in order to forecast how much passive income you need in order to become financially independent or become very financially secure where you have a lot more options than just keeping your head down and going back to the office. If maybe you've been remote for the last couple of years with COVID, that's been a hot thing. It just gives you a lot more options when you put yourself in a strong financial position. And so when you're looking at, you know, where you want to end up, what your passive income needs are going to be in order to cover your expenses. What did you do to work backwards to calculate how much do I need to invest? What are the returns I need to make in order to achieve that goal? So I looked at sample investments. One of the things with what I'm doing now in real estate and syndications for apartments, it's pretty... The returns are fairly standard across the board. We can target very consistent returns which makes it then easier for me to back into how much capital I need today in order to generate, call it $800,000 in passive income in order to be financially independent and live the lifestyle that we'd like to live. We can kind of back into that. And one of the tools that I've kind of put out there in the world is that if you can invest $50,000 each year for a consistent 10 years, then at the end of that 10 years, you will have generated a passive income stream of $84,000. And what that entails is that you're finding an investment, which again, these are pretty straightforward when you're looking at value add apartment syndications, is you're looking for offerings that will double your equity in a five-year hold period that you can get 8% cash on cash return during the hold period, and that you reinvest all of those returns over the course of that 10 years. And then at that 10-year period, you can start to live on that 8% cash on cash return moving forward. And the great part is, is that that money, that base equity continues to multiply even beyond that 10 years. So that passive income stream of 84,000 will also continue to grow over the years, even while you consume that 84000 and live on it. And I think unlike so many other investment opportunities, even in real estate, if I'm buying single family homes and fixing and flipping, there's a lot more volatility or not volatility, that's not the right word, but variability. And so having this pretty linear plan made it very easy for my husband and I to see a path to achieving our goal. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. 
So let's get into a little bit more of the details on that example that you had there. So 50K every year for 10 years. First of all, for the 50K every year, what are some of the ways that, you know, you're able to save up the 50K because it's not a small amount to be able to invest 50K every single year consistently. Initially, in the beginning, you might have a lump sum saved up that you're able to invest it. But the following years after that might be a little bit more challenging. You don't know what's going to happen. So walk us through a little bit about what are the ways to generate that 50K? That's absolutely fair. The great thing about this process is it doesn't have to be 50K. It could be 25K. And perhaps you can live on 40,000. So this whole process can be flexible. The way that I encourage people to think about it and the way that my husband and I have built up to a point where we could invest 50,000 consistently is that we really started looking at our expenses. And as our income grew in our W-2 jobs, so as we got our annual merit increases or as we got bonuses, our annual bonuses, we treated that money as what I like to call found money, we automatically saved whatever that increase was and put it into our savings account where it accumulated to a lump sum so that we could then invest into the deals. And how we, like technically how we actually executed that is that we took my husband's paycheck and through our employer, we could have his paycheck go into two accounts. So we were able to carve off one way when our kids left private daycare and went into public schools, there's a thousand dollars a month. So we went into his pay check in the little SAPs, what they used in the portal. And we said $250 of your weekly paycheck goes to the savings account. The rest goes to checking. And over time, we were able to increase how much went to savings to the point that his entire paycheck went to the savings account. So that is how we executed that. And then again, as your merit increases happen every year, as you get bonuses, Don't think of that as fun money that you just get to go play and you get to expand your lifestyle. It's really about keeping your lifestyle intact and then investing that difference. Yeah, they talk a lot about lifestyle creep. And so the more income that you make, the more people tend to end up spending. And you're always in this constant rat cycle where you're trying to get Mm -hmm. out and consistently trying to keep up with everything because your expenses continue to grow along with your income. Exactly. I love to call that lifestyle inflation. Absolutely. And so then... How about the deals itself, Kelly? So once you're able to find and save up the money to be able to invest, whether it be 25K, 50K, the other hard part about it is finding the good deals. And especially in today's market, are you able to find deals that will generate a two times return on your investment? Yeah. So it's so important to make sure that you have a network of operators is what we call ourselves. The general partners were the active investors. It's so important that you have a network of them so that you're not relying on just one operator to have a deal at that right time when your capital is available. You have a few that you've built a relationship with and rapport with. You've vetted some of their deals in the past as well as them so that you have options. It is important that... It is important that you understand their fundamentals and what they look for in a particular deal and that you can then vet their deals inappropriately. Now, I'm sure you guys probably already talked about this, but if you haven't, there's a couple different ways that the type of offerings that we do, the private offerings, 
we adhere to SEC regulations and exemptions. So there's what we call 506B and 506C. Most private offerings fall under the 506B exemption, which means it's not advertised. So you can't wait until you have a pile of money there and then go think that you're just going to see an opportunity to invest in it. You need to be proactive in finding people that are talking about the type of deals you're interested in like this and then building a relationship with them because you have to have a pre-existing relationship with them in order to be on their, say, list. If you're an accredited investor, at the very least, you have to have a pre-existing relationship to even know about their offerings. If you happen to be a non-accredited investor, which we can talk about what those are if we need to, you need to have a pre-existing relationship with them that has qualified you as being a knowledgeable to be able to make an educated investment decision in the offering. So the 50K per year, and typically in multifamily syndications, the life cycle of the deal is you know anywhere between three to seven years, hold period times. What is the estimate in your calculation for a hold time period in one of these deals? So obviously with a calculator, you have to have a number. It's five years. Five years is the hold period for each of that 50,000 cycle. Again, it's an 8% cash on cash return with the expectation that that is being reinvested into your next deal. So the reality is you're putting 50,000 in year one, you get, I don't let's call it 3,000. I don't have it in front of me, 3,000 in cash flow. So year two, you're actually investing a new 50,000 plus that 3,000 in cash flow into the next deal. But the assumption is it's a five-year hold period. So then once the deal goes full cycle and you've gotten the proceeds, you've gotten the cash, the cash flow throughout the deals, the calculation includes and incorporates and assumes that you're reinvesting all that cash flow, also reinvesting all the upside on the deal as well back into the deal. And then on top of that, you're also investing an additional $50,000 every single year on top of that. That is correct. And that's what gets you to after year 10 and $84,000 in passive income that you can then live off that cash flow. Got it. Without touching the principal. And so Kelly, for you, now that you are going and embarking on this next journey in your life, what are you doing in the market now to set you up to continuously build up your business and what you're doing in real estate? You know, the fundamentals haven't changed. We've had a lot of market uncertainty in the current environment. We have to go through a lot more deals in order to find the right deals that make sense. But we are still targeting that 2x multiple. What we're not seeing as much of is what we call a preferred return, where it's not as high as it used to be, 8 9%. We're seeing more like a 7% preferred return, which simply means that is the minimum return investors will receive prior to the general partners or the active investors receiving a share of the profit. So it really aligns our goals. But as far as looking at deals, we're still looking at the same fundamentals. We are seeing in the market, there's a bit of a disconnect between what sellers want to get for their assets and what buyers are willing to pay for based on current, you know, the interest rates and the economic environment. And that is kind of creating a little bit of a lull in opportunities. But our team, myself, we're super excited about what's to come in 2023 because we do think there's going to be a lot of great opportunities. But I say that we are still finding deals that have those target returns. And for you, Kelly, are you doing anything personally in your investments or in your own business in the event of a potential downturn? 
we keep a bigger cash pile. So one of the things that I would say is that with real estate syndications, there's always a risk of what we call a capital call, which could mean that we go back to our passive investors and ask for additional investment money to put into the fund. That is the absolute worst thing that an operator can do because our business as a whole is built by investors' trust and experience of investing in deals and getting returns. By me as an operator having to go back to a limited partner and ask for additional capital, that deteriorates that level of trust. So as a general partner, it's imperative that I have access to capital because there are deals where we may need to put additional capital in and the general partnership team will absorb that capital call in order to protect the limited partners. Because again, our business is based on making sure that we have a stream of capital coming into the deal so that we can continue to do additional deals. So that is one thing that we are doing slightly different. But as far as the type of deals that we're looking at, we are also looking at more B-class deals as opposed to C, so that we have a more stable tenant base, provided there is a recession. I don't know. Maybe we even had one already. I don't know. Those are kind of the things that we're looking at and kind of adjusting just to put ourselves in a great position. And are there certain markets that you are particularly focusing on? So we, Florida, Georgia, and Texas are our states, and they're predominantly because they're obviously landlord-friendly states, but they also have a net positive migration patterns over time. Supply and demand of apartment units is a big issue for our country and especially in the Southeast United States. So we are predominantly focused on Florida, Georgia, and Texas. We have assets currently in the Dallas market, Atlanta market, and then uh, throughout Florida, we have assets. We really like those markets. Houston is another market that we are also actively looking at deals in. So Kelly, how has real estate investing impacted your life? Oh my gosh, it's me. I never would have envisioned that I'd be where I am today. I never would have envisioned that at the age of 40, I would be retiring. I'm using air quotes, <laughs> retiring from my corporate job. I originally thought that I just wanted to climb the corporate ladder and be an executive, and I'm almost there, but that's not what I want anymore. So, real estate really has given me and my family so many opportunities to live life on our terms and follow projects that we're passionate about. And this is something that I'm passionate about, not just because of the real estate itself, which I do love, but the ability to help other individuals who have kind of walked a similar path in life of being high-performing professionals, be able to take back control of their financial destiny through apartment syndications. And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? I know now that it's not nearly as scary as I thought it was and that I truly could do it and I didn't need to have all the answers at once in order to get started. What was the scariest thing for you when you got started? The capital outlay. Yeah, it's easy to invest in stocks. I can invest in stocks by putting $50 a week in. And you know what? If I lose 50 bucks, big whoop, it's not a big deal. When you buy a piece of real estate, you're talking 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000. That's a much larger chunk of change. And when you first time you do it, first time you do most anything, there's always some nerves there. So being able to push through that is imperative. And that's a conversation I have with my investors uh, quite often. And it's a feeling that I had when I invested in that first syndication as a passive investor as well. I sold $35,000 of Disney stock, sent Uncle Sam $5,000 and $30,000 I put into that syndication. And it's doubled at this point. What is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? The tenacity to keep going. <laughs> 
it's not an easy business to be in, but it's a super rewarding business to be in, not only financially, but it's a super rewarding business to be in personally and from like a fulfillment perspective. And that is where you really have to be able to push through the adversities because things come up, but nothing cannot be overcome. Kelly, where is the best place people can find out more about what you do? If you want to reach out to me, my best place to contact with me is through my website, which is www.waypointcip.com. And as I mentioned earlier, it's great for you to develop relationships with various operators. So when the time is appropriate, you can invest in a particular deal. I have a great resource on my website that has eight must-ask questions or apartment syndicators. Awesome. Kelly, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights. And I'm super excited for you on this next path on your journey. Thank you, Eileen. I appreciate you having me here. And yes, I'm super excited for the next steps as well. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavis Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.